The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, We ate and drank in your company, and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west, and from the north and the south, and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. The other, the other night, just a couple nights ago, I had the opportunity to go to, uh, there's a new movie that's out, and I was with some of my coworkers, uh, just simply called Purgatory, and they used the example of uh, a little bit, St. Padre Pio is in there, and then another sort of uh, mystic that who knows, maybe a saint uh, in the future. And some of you may, I know a handful of you actually saw this. It's the same uh, director that did the Divine Mercy movie a few years ago, which is sort of a documentary that has some dramatization in it, like so reenactments of certain moments, but then also uh, lots of interviews with priests and different people. And, and anytime I think we have the opportunity to see something like that, it's obviously like thought-provoking. And, um, and you know, purgatory is certainly a subject that, that is just not, doesn't pop up into our mind as much. And, and as we get closer to um, all Saints and All Souls Day. It's something that's kind of a little bit more, more on our mind, so I'm guessing that's probably why the movie came out pretty, pretty recently. And so I'm sure you'll be able to watch it pretty soon. I think it's only in theaters for a couple of days. But um, it, it really speaks to this passage here, too. It's just like, Lord, will only a few people be saved? And we know through different mystics like, like St. Faustina and others who've had some of these connections with um, souls who were suffering in purgatory, we, we have like a sense of that a little bit. And one of the things that was said in there, and I had a discussion with one of my coworkers about this, was the idea that like, oh, well, a lot of people who go to heaven will spend time suffering in purgatory. It, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like, is, is that kind of true? And I was like, well, it speaks to the sinful nature of man. If we actually think about it by some ratios, if we sort of reason through it a little bit, if we think about canonized saints, and of course there are many, but not that many, right, when we think about it. Now granted, those are canonized saints who lived a heroically holy life and became famous enough that, that we're aware of their sanctity, right? But we do know people in our life, in this very church, 
that live holy lives just like those saints that will probably never be canonized, but will be saints and will go uh, straight to heaven. But we do realize that a large amount of people will have to experience some suffering in purgatory. Well, well, why is that the case? Um, That's the case because the condition of the sinful state of man, of original sin that we live in, is a very difficult state to live in. Even when we go and confess our sins, even at the end of that, often many people have the good practice of saying, Lord, please forgive me for these sins and all the sins of my past life, all the sins I've forgotten, all those different things. The reason that we say that is because there are so many things that we can't even quite account for um, that, that we forget. You know, we read in scripture too. It's like the seven, the, the, the just man sins about seven times a day. That's the just person, right? So it's very, very difficult to not fall into sins, even some that we're not aware of. Now, I would say our community has a greater awareness. People come to, to daily mass, have a greater awareness of these things, of the sacraments of the, of the church, and that's a very important thing. But when we think of the world at large, uh, do people have that awareness of their own sinfulness, of the need to go to confession, of the difference between minor sins, venial sins, and major sins, mortal sins? Largely, no. <laughs> you know, people do not, are not aware of those things. And I'll give you just a, a very brief example. So when I lived in Colorado, I worked for a company called Bicycle Village. And every year, there were five locations of this store around Colorado, very large stores. And um, we had these tent sales at three locations during the year. Huge, I mean like a circus tent practically, just hundreds and hundreds of bikes. So it was a big sale for the company each year. Now, this is one of these things that I didn't realize till recently, which kind of speaks to, as we move throughout our life, we're constantly forming our conscience, right? And constantly purifying um, our, our, our lives. And so I, I know some of you are familiar with the idea of um, a general confession, right? Sometimes people will do a general confession periodically to sift through sins of their past life, maybe things that they've forgotten, that they've pondered and thought more about, to, to, to give a more uh, sense of like, oh, I realize my sinfulness throughout my life. So this example I'll give was, there was a general practice, right? Each one, each employee had numbers associated with our name. So at the register, you would say, who helped you with your sale today? And somebody would say, oh, you know, uh, Chris helped me with my sale today. And so you would key in Chris's numbers. Now, there was just a general practice that if there was a sales competition and there was a general practice that if somebody came up and said, oh, nobody helped me, I just found the item on my own, and that people would key in one of their friend's numbers to help them win the sales competition. And all of a sudden, I'm praying one day and the Lord illumined this in my mind. And I thought about that. I was like, that's completely dishonest. You know, everybody was essentially lying to help their friends out to win the sales competition in, in that particular situation. But, but it, was, it was an example where even though that was something in the past and we go to confession and confess our sins and even ask the Lord to forgive us for things that we're not quite aware of, sometimes he will make us aware of something in our past life. And we're like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this thing, you know, or, or it might be something we've been doing all along that we didn't realize was sinful. So it's because of that state, the suffering in purgatory is an act of mercy for all of us um, to be able to enter. 
but, but we still have to strive constantly to continue to purify our lives, to continue to ask the Lord to illumine parts of ourselves that we don't realize might be sinful. And that's, an, that's a great gift when he sheds light on it. It might be a painful gift, but, it, but it's a great gift. And so today, as we celebrate a votive mass for St. Joseph, that is somebody who sought to enter through a narrow gate, you know, that sought to live truly a life of, of unique and heroic virtue. And, you know, and if we do that, if we do that like St. Joseph, we truly can enter straight into heaven. But, but it's a difficult reality, you know, it's just like, and so many people always wanted to wonder, you know, wondered about that, like, okay, yeah, Lord, is the path narrow, or, or, or is it broad, <laughs> you know, and stuff, and he says, strive to enter through the narrow gate, through the, the Lord's words himself, so that, that's what we really have to do, we have to be like, well, you know, like, you never want to hear this, I think I'm doing okay, Father. <laughs> you know, it's just like, ah, that's a dangerous reality, right? You know, it's a presumptive one. We, we don't want to presume of the Lord's mercy that we must be doing fantastic, right? We, we need to balance these things out. Not despair and not presumption. We have to take our sinful life seriously, but not despair that we can't be saved. But we don't presume that we're doing so good that everything is just, just fine and we should be okay. Um, we, we take it seriously. There's a true balance there. We shouldn't be like all the way on one side or all the way on the other. The life of virtue is truly a, a balancing act to, to be able to enter through the narrow gate because when we think about a gate, you know, it's like right here in the center. So if we're too far over here or too far over there, we're just going to walk into some sort of a wall, right? But we want to enter through the, the gate, which is right in the center, which is Jesus Christ. God bless you all.